Hello and welcome to Unlock the Kingdom Within You. This podcast explores the profound truth about what it means to be born into the kingdom, not a religion. On this podcast, we challenge the religious and denominational norms which shackle us from expressing the liberty of Christ by exploring the kingdom, the ecclesia and citizenship. If you're born into the kingdom but lost in religion, then this channel is just for you. So thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe. You know, uh, Brother Frederick, it's amazing how people are able to watch a broadcast from around the world in real time. Uh, I believe this is part of the strategies from heaven uh, to connect people in the earth uh, so that kingdom truths can be confirmed. And I use the term confirmed uh, because clearly the Holy Spirit was speaking to you in the UK. He was speaking to me in the United States. Mm-hmm. He's speaking to people uh, in, in, in other parts of the world, in Nigeria and the Philippines. And I heard people from around the world. And what we're hearing is not that we're creating something to try and pronounce to other people, but we're hearing mm-hmm. the same thing. And God is using this technology to confirm that we're literally hearing the same thing. And because of that now, uh, strategies and collaborations are now even more possible than ever before. Mm-hmm. Let's pick up where we left off and see where the Holy Spirit wants to go with this today. Why don't you just kind of go from there, brother? Amen. Okay, so I think I think one of the things that we said, which is really important, is that when we come to faith, we are incorporated into a nation-building program. And that's, that is paramount. That is paramount. That's why it's called the gospel of the kingdom. Right. Um, because you, it, it's when you come to faith and you accept Christ, who's your authority, you are automatically translated from one kingdom into another kingdom. And that is so important. So that means you are translated from one type of authority, law, government, citizenship, and culture to another type of authority, law, government, citizenship, and culture. And the five themes are the way that we understand the uniqueness of the kingdom of God in contrast to the kingdoms of men. All right. And those five themes, I'm going to go through them with you. I'm going to touch on certain things that I think are really important to grasp and take away. And obviously, you can get most of the resources from our website as well. So yesterday, when we were talking, we we first talked about authority. And I mentioned power of will, residency and dynasty. Power of will was the ability for an authority to exercise rule. And that is in keeping with their characteristics is who they are. And residency was about occupying the territory they have dominion over. They have to occupy it if they're going to be an authority in specifically a king. And finally, dynasty or dynasty uh, and legacy was about ensuring the continuation of rulership through the generations. And we talked about God's dominion going from generation to generation. The key thing to be aware of with authority, though, is that the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations is about the history of the rise and fall of authorities, residencies, and dynasties, or dynasties. That is the history, the history of of men's kingdoms and the history of God's kingdom. And so you will see in it the rise and fall of authorities, residencies, and dynasties. The beautiful thing is that with the appointment of the Son of God, which we find right from the beginning of the Gospels, okay, we see with the appointment of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, we, and the building of his government and the establishing of his legacy, we need we see the new kingdom come to the forefront. A kingdom which seeks to expand, like from Daniel's prophecy, expand, but expand in what way? It's not expanding through evangelism. It's expanding through dominion. 
It's a byproduct. Fruitfulness multiplication is a byproduct of the master. It's a byproduct of Christ. Anything he touches is fruitful unless he commands it otherwise. So the emphasis is that it's about the expansion of his dominion because he has said that the world's dominion will fail. And how does dominion fail? It fails through authorities failing, law failing and government failing. So people living under those systems of authority, law and government begin to realize that their societies are failing. And at the same time, they're being attracted to the authority, law and government of God's kingdom through Christ. This is the right. beautiful thing of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this is also the reason why in Psalms it says why the heathen rage and the authorities imagine a vain thing. Right. Because right. obviously those other kingdoms don't want to release people from their kingdoms because they need those people. They're a resource. Right. So as we flag the lordship of Jesus Christ, his sovereignty, and demonstrate the quality of his law and government, we begin to have what's called an attractive citizenship. All right. And uh, at the same time, we repel others who are with the forces of other kingdoms that don't want to in be included in his sovereignty. Right. Now, we then we then moved on to law. And I wanted before to, I, I mentioned. Law. OK, before Sorry, you go, go to law, I, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, and I want to interject this. So for our, our listeners yeah. sake, because we talk a lot about Ecclesia on this site and I hope you see the correlation and I want to bring it if you don't see it uh, between uh, establishing having the dominion see if you understand at the time that Jesus said upon this rock I will build my ecclesia ecclesia was known as an arm of the Roman government they were yeah. expanding their rule through the ecclesia that they released into the territory to go and establish Roman rule so now Jesus is saying I'm about to establish my rule uh, in this territory, yeah. my ecclesia. And so I'm yeah. setting those who will go forth and begin to establish what I want to be established in this area. The heathen rages. I think uh, Stephen quoted that uh, when yeah. he was being martyred. But one of the things he said also prior to that, he said, the kings of the earth stood up. The translation of that is they took a stand. In other words, when, when the kingdom of God shows up, uh, earthly kingdoms sort of take a stand and say, okay, this is where yep. we're going to hold. And God is not intimidated by people taking a stand. He just wants you yep. to know where you stand. Praise God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I mean, in terms of the ecclesia coming out of this, when we think of authority, law, and government, ecclesia is sitting in the government area. And it's about the relationship with the sovereign, the authority, his laws, and the government that's the custodian of that. I'm going to talk about that as well. So I'm going to touch right. on that. Um, the, the, it, uh, we talked about law, and I touched on this, that law is the will of an authority. And that's important to establish. We are obeying somebody's yeah, will. We are obeying a deity, a god, or we're obeying man, or we're obeying a group of men. So, the, the, so everybody has a will, and everybody on the earth in some way, shape, or form is executing that will. So when we see, if we see law as simply the will of an authority then it completely makes things clearer for us whether there's a contrast between God's will and man's will. And, when, and, and our responsibility to God to enforce his will because he's a sovereign. Right. Yeah? Now, when an authority wills something, it's called a decree. So when it's articulated, it's a decree. Now, in the, in the history, when a king was going to make a decree, he'd have to sit on the throne to do it because the throne was the was the beginning of showing his sovereignty so 
with our Lord. Our Lord ascended to the throne because he was going to begin to make decrees. And those decrees were going to affect all kingdoms. Remember, initially his jurisdiction was Jerusalem. He came to the Jews. But from the point of his ascension to the throne, he now has jurisdiction over everything to decree through his ecclesia, his will. Right. You see? And that's why he says what, what, you, what, you, what you uphold will stay uphold. What you don't uphold will not be upheld. Right. This that's, is a sovereign it, speaking. It goes to Ephesians uh, 3. Paul picked it up. He says, unto the principalities and powers, it will be made known by the ecclesia. The manifold exactly. wisdom of God. Right. Exactly. Now, when a decree is written down, that's called codification. Right. Okay. And, and it's important. Codification is very important. It may not provide the spirit of those words, but nonetheless, the words have to be written. So right. when we talk about the Old Testament, we're talking about the, especially the commandments, the laws, we're talking about the codification of what God has said. And so that's why it carries through from Old Testament to New Testament, because it's part of judging. You cannot remove it. It's like I said yesterday, it's the difference is the mediation between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right, the law right. must stand because every kingdom must have law to uphold it. You see, now, the last thing is that the law, as I mentioned, is the expression of the authority's values. Now, it's very interesting because. We often think of Old Testament laws in our, I call it our Christian, uh, Christianese, our psychology. We often think of Old Testament laws as burdensome. Okay. And I, yet Jesus said that through him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And Jesus did not think like that concerning the laws. Right. Not right. at all. Now, right. why is that important? I do, we do a presentation. We used to do an exhibition where you could walk into all the five themes and go through videos and, and watch stuff on walls. And we did, a, we did a very simple graph that showed the Old Testament laws, the, you know, the 613 on the left-hand side, okay? And then on the right-hand side, we showed the UK laws, how many UK laws. And at the time, there were 76,000 UK laws. Oh, wow. I wanted to grasp that. 613 of known of God's laws, and 76,000 UK laws. And it's interesting that since the UK joined the EU, it had, it had added 52,000 additional laws have been introduced. Now, the funny thing about this, this is about the issue of burdensome. How many laws do you think the US has? I, I couldn't even imagine at this point. Do you know that nobody knows? There are so many nobody knows across the states. Now, the reason why I say this is that you have countries that have laws that people don't know about and so are unable to obey them. So God and God comes to us and enshrines, encodes, codifies his laws, 613, and we call it burdensome. Doesn't make sense, does it? Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense because God, God's laws are not burdensome. But they are burdensome to one who is carnal in thinking. You see, but to one who has the mind of Christ, they're not burdensome at all, at all because they translate from Old to New Testament because they're mediated differently. But that's an example. We see growing laws across the land that people don't even know and don't even know whether they obey or disobey. And yet, as believers, we, str we struggle with the Old Testament laws. Isn't that crazy? It doesn't make sense. You've given a whole new, new, new picture of Christ being the mediator 
now uh, yeah. and between God and man, the way he is mediating what was originally God's law. Now, the way he is mediating it into our lives today. Uh, one of the things we think of when we think of a mediator is the person has to understand both sides of the, of the, of the equation. He has to understand yeah. the one who has the law and the, other, and the one who has to live out the law. He has to understand both of them and bring the two together so that there can be effectiveness a, as a result of that. Uh, so when you start talking about the mediation of it, being different from what it was in the Old Testament, that I believe that's quite powerful. I think that that's an insight that we need to take a look at. We need to. I mean, uh, it's not going too much detail. The Ark of the Covenant reveals that because it's an Ark. It's a. It's the shadow of Christ. Right. So we see we see the Ark, which is basically acacia wood in gold, and within it are the commandments, and that is humanity deified. That right. is humanity glorified, and that and the Bible says we look to that. So right. that when we look to Christ, we see a way for humanity to throw off corruption and death and be glorified. Right. Yeah. And it still has the law in it. The law is right. at the very heart of it because it's the value system of God. So the, 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 the entire church world has to do a complete shift about how it views the law. Because the, because for having done that, it has removed the ability to govern because you need right. the law to govern. And see, that's, that's really good because, I mean, see, we, what we've done, we've come up with these battles of law versus grace and so forth. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and these 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 warfares, if you will, are basically uh, showing our, our inability to understand that Christ came to fulfill that law, uh, yeah. not to do away with it, but to fulfill it. And so we try and redefine words. And I, I use a phrase that. Uh, we come up with elimination by redefinition. So we try and get rid of something by redefining it. So, But the reality is we need to really get into this and understand that he came to fulfill the law, and his law is not grievous if we're walking in this kingdom. Exactly, exactly. And the law, the, the law is the benchmark, and, and it speaks, and it always speaks to Christ. Yes. So, so but for us, we have the beauty of now in Christ, we have the law being mediated through us. So the right. soul is being converted. The, 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 the spirit has been born again. Now the soul must be converted to the law of God. That's right. the issue. So we can judge. So we can govern and judge the earth because we're set up to judge the earth. That's part of our mandate. Now, right. let, me, let me move on because that, that brings us on to government. And I think this is really important because um, we don't have a really well fleshed out understanding of what it means to govern. I think we have we have a moral code to govern, but we don't have a judicial one as a body. Does that make sense? So okay. so we can often say, let's go to the commandments for a sense of a moral code for individuals to live. But since the idea of separation between church and state, which had a huge impact, even though it, it, most people misunderstand what that was about in the history. The fact right. is, is we have we have now made ourselves non-judicial. Because we've just said, well, the mo this, this is a moral code and it sits with us and we have to live it out. But it's no longer a judicial code which has to judge the affairs of state, not only our affairs of state amongst ourselves as citizens of the kingdom, but also other nations. Right. Now, government's important. Government simply means to manage. That's all it means. All right. And I always say to people, when politicians make promises, don't listen because their job is not to make promises about a future they can't manage. Their job is to manage the, the present now. 
That's their job. And right. there, are different, there are different types of government, okay? But it's, government is either formed by a deity, a man, or a group of men. And so you have monarch or autocracy, which is ruled by one. You have oligarchy, which is ruled by minority. You have republic, right. which means ruled by law. You have democracy, which means ruled by majority. And you have anarchy, which means basically ruled by no one. Okay, but the one the one that nobody has really seen or when it manifests, it doesn't manifest in the way that it needs to amongst God's people is theocracy. Right. Because theocracy is the rule by God, you see. And it was first coined by Josephus, um, who observed the Jewish nation um, and said, well, actually, I can't fit the, their way of government into any other box. So I'm going to it's called theocracy rule by God. And that still transitions into the New Testament because our sovereign, our Lord Jesus Christ, is both divine as, as sovereign. Right. Now that's wonderful. That is really powerful. When when we get into when we get into government, we need to under also understand every government has its own form of politics, its own political systems, and its own political ideologies. And politics doesn't have to be complex. Politics is about the way decisions are made. That's all it means. That's all it's about. Right. So decisions are made through different forms of government in different ways. And we call those political systems and then ideologies, different ways of thinking about making decisions. And by the way, we cover this all in our course to help people. The, the key thing about this is we should know our own form of government, political system and ideology. And our, our form, our form is theocratic in terms of form of government. Our political system is called is both centralized and decentralized. And our political ideology is Commonwealth. That's our political ideology. So we could develop policies as communities if we understood those things. We'd be very right. strong communities in that in that in that in that position. And again, the course covers those details. Citizenship. So this is getting down to the crux of it: government and citizenship. With citizenship, it it's actually derived from the term city-state, and it's a link between a person and a state. Okay. Um, and citizens are vested with three things, rights, privileges, and duties. Rights are their legal entitlements. Privileges are the benefits of belonging to that nation. And duties are their responsibility in terms right. of the continuity of state. All right. And as citizens of God's kingdom, we have rights, privileges, and duties. We usually in church overemphasize privileges. <laughs> and we don't emphasize the rights or the duties, which are because uh, uh, of the condition of the way the church is at the moment. Thank you for joining our fireside talk about the kingdom. My name is Frederick Tobin, and I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to continue to receive fresh insight into the kingdom, click the notification bell to follow us. For further information about the kingdom, visit our website, www.unlockthekingdomwithinyou.com, to download your free ebook. See you soon.